much for tonight, and thank you for bringing us together. Uh, we just are grateful for you and for uh, Jesus and for your presence, the Holy Spirit among us. And we just pray for the Spirit to be present among us tonight as we learn, as we talk. Uh, I just pray for this important topic. Um, help our hearts to be soft and open to hearing, and help us have great discernment as we navigate these issues. Thank you for Steve and for the, um, the message that you put on his heart. Please speak through him and um, just be with us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <coughs> okay, uh, let me find the... All right. So, yeah, I think this is obviously a, 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 probably a topic for many of you felt like it was long overdue. You know, um, I think that's been one of our biggest challenges as a collective fellowship is we, we, we kind of wait till everyone else has an opinion on something and then we say, okay, that's what I want to do. But I think it's very important as followers of Jesus that we're always wrestling with the scriptures, we're always allowing the spirit to guide us. And let me just say this to begin with. As of today, this is where I land. I'm not fixed. The Holy Spirit brings truth. The scriptures bring truth, but I'm not fixed. So I can change my mind six months from now, and I'll make sure I send you guys a memo that I changed my mind. And so I just want to say that up front because I went into this thinking one thing, honestly. I was fully persuaded about what I thought. And then, you know, as most other things do, you say the scriptures, you look into it, you look into it, and you're like, maybe that's not what it means. Then you check other resources, and then you, you come to just say, okay, this is what God is saying, and this is what we want to do as a people of God. And so, things that we need clarity on. You know, when I say the church historical, not necessarily our fellowship, but all, most, most fellowships in America, that it was self-evident that smoking marijuana was sinful. Like, you didn't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. Like, it was bad. You shouldn't do it. How many of you had the dare bear come through and just say, don't smoke. You're going to end up on the corner of the streets. Like, it was very clear. For those of you who don't know who the dare bear is, praise God that you missed that trauma. Um, but it was very self-evident that it wasn't a question at all. Um, and, you know... I think when I first became a disciple, a lot of the laws that would eventually get passed weren't passed. So it was very easy when brothers or sisters in our fellowship did struggle. You're like, you're doing something illegal. And it's like, that's it. That's, that's it. It's illegal. You, you know, you don't want to obey the laws of the land. That was a very plain case. And then number three, I remember doing the scriptures and we would um, get to witchcraft in Galatians and it would be Pharmakita. And someone would always in them be say like, they were getting high when they were doing witchcraft and so getting high is a sin and everything else and it's just one of those things because it wasn't my own personal challenge like anything else it didn't matter like how many of you cared about the parenting scriptures until you became a parent how many of you cared about any particular scripture until it became true for you like i don't struggle with generally with timidity so any pastors that talks about timidity i'm like whatever <laughs> but for some people that's like a deep memory scripture because like, God expects me to be bold. I, on the other hand, look at scriptures and I'm like, oh, God expects me to be kind. Every kindness passage I read, I, I, I meditate on, I work on, because I'm naturally not a kind person. But the scriptures are inspired by God. We believe that. The scriptures point to that witness. And the scriptures are sufficient even if they don't address everything directly. Like there's nothing in the Bible that says you should own Apple product. Did you guys know that? <laughs> 
and you are making decisions one way or another on whether or not you should purchase an Apple product prayerfully with the wisdom of Christ. Give a perfect example. What's the wisdom of Christ? Your Apple product costs $1,300. You have $500, so you get a new credit card to purchase it. That may not be the wisdom of Christ. You may be operating in greed. And so I think in, in this situation, we want to be very wise. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. Can I get someone to read that? Maybe some of you got that as a memory scripture. You don't even need the Bible. You just stand up all scripture. If God gives you that. Anyone want to read that? 2 Corinthians, I mean 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. 2 Timothy, sorry, I meant 2 Timothy. I, I, I'm already thinking about where I'm going near the end, 2 Corinthians. But 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16, it begins all scriptures, God breathes. <laughs> and it's useful. <laughs> Lindsay. All scriptures, God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scriptures, God breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God the old NIV, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we come to the scriptures understanding that it was written for people then, but we can still glean wisdom from the scriptures. We can still learn a lot from the scriptures. And so we need to get clarity on these things here that we probably have taken for granted, especially in a city like this. Connor and I were on campus earlier today. I, we told a student that we we're talking about weed. He got so fired up. He's like, I love weed, man. Yeah. A lot. Like, it, it is just natural. We're gonna, if, if we're gonna make the sort of impact we desire in this city, probably a lot of people who are gonna come to Saving Grace will have that background and probably um, need help navigating it. And I wanna equip you guys to have those sort of conversations. And so what are Christians? That should be self-evident, but sometimes it's not. You know, Christians are not, not whatever political party you want to throw in there. Christians are not social media influencers. Christians are followers of Jesus. Disciples are followers of Jesus. And so Jesus sets the agenda for what we do. In Acts chapter 11, the Christians, the disciples were first called Christians there because of the way that they lived. Their lives embodied that of Jesus. And our standard as a community of believers is Jesus. That is our standard. And I want us to walk in that standard, live in that standard. But we understand that varying degrees where Christ has called us, we all have different journeys to get to that complete sanctification. Because we believe in, like it says in Colossians, that Christ is the image of the invisible God. And so for us as Christians, Jesus' words and examples are not just wisdom, but they're authoritative and they're things worth imitating. So when we see how Jesus treats people, when we see what Jesus says about certain things, when we see how he reacts about something, that's authoritative for us as followers of Jesus. We hold his words in high regard and his example in high regard. And so we want to approach tonight's topic primarily about discipleship. That's why it's discipleship in marijuana. What does it mean to be a faithful disciple in 2022 and how you could glorify God? But we do want to approach this with meekness, but also deep conviction. We want to have deep conviction. And so, let's trust the authoritative wisdom of Jesus on this situation. We're going to have room for discussion near the end. If it gets a little late, then I'll cut discussion and we could talk offline like we normally do anyway. If anyone has anything that they disagree with me about, my phone number is still the same. If you don't have it already, I'm not going to give it to you. But you could probably find it. But 
this is really an ongoing conversation. That's okay. The church needs to be in ongoing conversations. You know, the whole situation, that's chapter 15. You think it just happened overnight. That was an ongoing conversation about what you do with Gentiles who want to become believers. And it took a huge council. And maybe our next big summit is going to be called Jesus and the way and the lights of the world. And we're going to all talk about it and spend our whole time doing that. Okay, marijuana and its effects. What is marijuana? You know, for those of you who grew up in this age, you probably have a whole bunch of names for it. Sticky, icky, doobie. Joint J, Mary Jane. Mary Jane. There's a whole different bunch of names we can go. Green, Pot, Magic Dragon, Magic Dragon Puff, Come on, Smokey the Bear. All, all, all these different names. Well, it's a plant. And that plant itself is greenish gray. You know, Jesse is wearing the colors in, in support of it. <laughs> Sometimes brown mixed with dried product. And so, um, this product could be rolled and smoked. Did you guys know that? A lot of you guys knew that. And when you smoke it, it can produce a high. And so a lot of people smoke and have smoked, and probably still will continue to smoke, looking for different reasons. Some smoke because they want to get high, some smoke because it's beneficial for them. There's a whole host of reasons that we want to talk about that. But it's not only smoke, it could be eaten. You could put it in a brownie, you could put it in your tea. They got oils that can light it up. You know, it, it, it's even a fragrance. I'm not sure if it's in the fragrance, but I know some people like the fragrance. And so, marijuana is a plant that gets smoked sometimes, like I mentioned. And so, what does it do? What's, what is its effect? Well, it impacts our brain. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Like any decision we make, there's a lot of things we do that impact us. And we've got to be very wise about what we allow to impact us. There is a um, group that, that monitors um, substance abuse. They're called Monitoring the Future. And here's what they said. Long-term epidemiological, I like it, I did it right on the first time. Long-term epidemiological study, um, study surveys that trends in illegal and illicit drug use among Americans, adolescents, and adults, marijuana use in young men and women reached their historic heights in 2019. So essentially, 2019, more people were smoking more than ever. I suspect during 2020, 2021, 2022, that number even beats this number right here, man. It was a stressful season, and people were getting high. Okay, so between the ages of 19 and 30, for in 2019, in, in, um, 2019 the daily usage rate for men was 11%. So out of 10 men in America, or out of 10, yeah, out of 10 men in America, one was smoking daily in America, 30 and 19. For women, a third of a woman was smoking daily. <laughs> Monthly usage, 29% of, so you had 10 people, almost three people, smoking monthly and that and that is um, anywhere between three to four times a week three to four times a month or a little bit but definitely not daily and women were 24% so two women two and a half women almost were smoking annually 42% of the men were smoking close to 43% and 40% of women were smoking annually 
And usually that's a birthday situation, that's Christmas, that you get together with your high school reunion or your college group and you just want to go get high. And so why is this important? Because the statistics show that we are all encountering people who are smoking regularly to some degree of frequency. So that leaves 60% of America's population is, have not smoked this year, if the statistics hold true for the men. Well, it's also true for the women. So 60%, both men and women, have not smoked this year. 40% of the people we interact with this calendar year have smoked. And so it's very important that we understand as believers what it does. Can anyone pronounce that? Let's go, Bob. That's why we needed you here, bro. The Holy Spirit ordained it. Um, THC, that's the thing that gets you high, THC. So that's an important, and then you have the cannabinoid, cannabinoid, CBD. I like CBD better. Okay. So essentially, the cannabis is remarkably complex. It has all these different things, and when it gets in contact with our bloodstream and then eventually with our brain, it produces a high. And Marijuana acts both as a stimulant and as a depressant, which explains the wide variety of effects the drug brings. THC can cause, among other things, a short-lived acute increase in dopamine levels in, a ver in various parts of the brain. Dopamine sends pleasure, sends pleasure, euphoria. And so this is what happens when you get high. I mean, I don't know how many of you have seen someone get high, but it's like after that initial smoke, give it about four minutes, three minutes, and then the eyes have that look on them, like, I'm here. That, they just, the, 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 it worked through the system and it, it produced the high. Now, here's the thing with THC, and many of you probably know people who smoke um, regularly. It, it varies from person to person, its impact. There are some people who get high and they seem extremely silly and they're extremely all over the place and you clearly see it's not good for them. There's some who may operate a little bit better and you don't even realize you're in their presence and they were high as they can be. And so it varies from person to person the impact that THC can have on a person. Now, most people who are high, and when I say most, 90% from based off the research, I think, will have some sort of uh, motor, motor function handicap a little bit. Just a little, a little bit to a lot, most people. And so it changes the mood of an individual and their mental state. And THC also impacts the hippocampus. Anyone knows where that is? The brain. Yes, the brain back here somewhere, Lindsay said. I saw the image and it's kind of right here, like on the side a little bit. It impacts that. And what is that used for? Does anyone know? Doesn't it like make you alert or make you aware? Yes, it's what actually takes place when you're trying to learn. When you're learning, that part of your brain is firing off. It's like, okay, well, how do I do this? If I show you a math equation, you're, you're, you're taking it in. When you are high, that part of your brain, the firing, diminishes significantly. So a lot of times when people are high, it's hard for them to take in new information. It is extremely difficult for them to take in new information. It, it impacts their short-term memory and, and it makes learning very difficult. And this is also the part of the brain that increases our appetite. So you guys have heard of the munchies. This is why you get the munchies, because this part is being impacted. THC also impacts the cerebellum. 
This controls the motor coordination. THC causes clumsiness and impaired coordination. And THC, one of the benefits why a lot of people choose THC is it decreases nausea. And so for a lot of people who struggle with migraines, they're always recommended to smoke. Because part of having a migraine is that you're, you're light sensitive and you can get um, experienced degrees of nausea. And so it's recommended in that regard too. Some other impacts of THC. It creates a host of short-term effects, including diminished problem-solving skills, like I mentioned, due to interference with frontal executive brain function. It increases your heart rate. It increases feelings of anxiety when the high is over. It increases panic and paranoia when the high is over. Altered um, pain sensitivity. So you could take a good hit and you won't feel it as much as you would if you weren't um, high. An altered sense of passing of time and overall distortion of reality. Now here's what's different about those of you who grew up in the 60s and 70s. When people were smoking in the 60s and 70s, there was about 2% of THC in most joints. So the high was a little bit different. Now presently, as of 2020, there's about 30% in most joints. So when you get high, you are really getting high. There's more THC in most joints today than there were back then in the 60s and 70s. And that's really important because the, the way it's impacting people presently today is a lot different than it was impacting people in the 60s and the 70s. Can I get someone to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20? I wanted to share a little bit about those effects. We're going to talk a little bit more about how it impairs and how it could be um, dangerous, but I also want to talk about medical marijuana and everything else in between there, too. Can I get someone to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20? Mark. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, uh, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Amen. This is not me advocating that you need to be careful what you put in your body. That, that's true. But you can be careful about anything. It's about what's in your body, the Holy Spirit. And you want to make sure as a faithful follower of Jesus, as someone who follows Jesus, you are putting yourself in a position to glorify God. And if anything is taken away from that, we're talking about marijuana, but if you're watching 10 hours of Netflix, you know that's taking you away from glorifying God. If you're playing video games for... 38 hours straight, That's taking. but we're talking about marijuana. If anything is taking you away from honoring God, that means that is a pause for alarm and a pause to sit back and say, is this truly beneficial to the glory of God? You see, God has given us our bodies as a gift. Once he redeemed us with Jesus, he's given us this body as a gift, and we need to be faithful stewards with this gift. And God is not, God not only has creator rights over us and our bodies, he has redeemer's rights. And so he's called us to use our bodies to honor and glorify him. And I think that's very important as we consider more of the side effects of marijuana. So marijuana can be addictive. That's one of the biggest misnomers. Most people are like, cigarettes are addictive. Marijuana, you cannot get addicted to it. Now, marijuana is not as addictive as cigarettes, but it is addictive. 9% um, of adults struggle with mar medical marijuana addiction, 17% in adolescence. Actually, the impact of your, of your brain when you're smoking under the age of 25 for males and 22 for women is detrimental. It really impacts you developmentally. 
It impacts your emotional maturity. It, it like even if it doesn't impact like if you were gonna go to Harvard and you started smoking at 16, you probably still will go to Harvard, but it will prevent you from being as emotionally mature as you could have potentially been. So I'm not saying it's gonna like turn you into if you were Einstein, now you're not Einstein, you're like a doorknob. It, it doesn't go that far, but it does impact you seriously. It impacts your emotional regulation. It impacts your ability to make decisions. It, it, it has huge consequences for people under the age of 25. And those things just don't just go away overnight, unfortunately, and for women under 22. And so the American Heart and Lungs Association, the American Lung Association has said, don't smoke anything. They're like, anything that you're smoking is not good for your lungs. Your lungs are not built to take in smoke, period. They, they, they discourage all forms of smoke because it can cause cancer and other harmful um, side effects. As of today, even though marijuana is legal here in Maine and it's legal in a lot of other states, federally, it's still a Schedule One drug. And what is a Schedule One drug? Does anyone know what that is? You want to share what it, what it is? Yeah, so, so heroin is a Schedule One drug. Come on. Uh, you're not supposed to prescribe them, but any illegal illicit drug is a Schedule One. So Exactly. It's still like basically the feds recognize that it's still not something that the people should be using willy nilly. But every state has done different things because of various reasons that we're not necessarily going to get into. And so it's still a Schedule One drug, and the American Heart Association also recommends not smoking because smoking is not good for your heart. It's still very challenging to that. Like I mentioned before, THC has. Um, severe brain developmental um, consequences for adolescents. You know, it shows to um, diminish your judgment, diminish your rational thought over a long period of time if it's used consistently. That you will show yourself to be diminished in these areas. Um, one doctor, Dr. Madeline Meyer from Duke University, her work is still being reviewed presently, has shown that it diminishes your IQ. Now again, let me be very clear. If you are a student at Stanford University and you're getting high, you're not gonna turn out and wake up tomorrow morning and be like, I don't know if I belong here. You'll still be pretty smart. But it diminishes whatever potential you had going on. It diminishes it. And if you struggle with any other mental health illness like psychosis or um, anxiety or depression or any of these things, it actually makes it worse. It actually doesn't make it better. Not, not anxiety, but depression, psychosis, um, schizophrenia, any one of those things, they would strongly discourage you from using it. It makes it actually worse when you get high. Lincoln's gonna share a little bit more. He sent me some stuff to look at and I thought it was super helpful. If you could share what yeah. you sent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is from a mental health perspective. So I'm gonna read through the mental health diagnosis criteria for cannabis use disorder. So cannabis use disorder is the is the substance abuse you know, name for, for marijuana. So I'm just gonna read through this. Um, cannabis use disorder, it's a problematic pattern of cannabis use leading to clinically significant impairment or distress. as manifested by at least two of the following symptoms occurring within a 12 month period. So the key words here, significant impairment and, and distress and I'm gonna go through 11 symptoms. Any two of these occurring within a 12 month period is a, is a positive, it's a cannabis use disorder 
uh, diagnosis. So there's 11 symptoms. The first one, um, cannabis is often taken in larger amounts over a longer period than was intended. So it kind of gets a hold of you and you end up using more than, than you intended to. Number two, there's a persistent desire or unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control cannabis use. Number three, a great deal of time is spent in activities necessary to obtain cannabis, use cannabis or recover from its, from its effects. So it, it just takes up a lot of your time, an unhealthy amount of your time. Number four, craving or a strong desire or urge to use cannabis. So you, you just, you're thinking about it, it's on your mind, you're craving it. Number five, a recurrent cannabis use resulting in a failure to fulfill major role obligations at work, school, or home. Number six, continued, continued cannabis use despite having persistent or recurrent social or interpersonal problems caused by cannabis use. So it's causing you social and interpersonal problems, yet you still continue to, to use it. Number seven, important social, occupational, or recreational activities are given up or reduced because of cannabis use. So it becomes more of a center of your life. You, you may, maybe you used to enjoy some sport, and then you and then that you, you play that sport less and less so that you can you can uh, use cannabis. Number eight, recurrent cannabis use in situations in which it is physically hazardous. Number nine, cannabis use is continued despite knowledge of having persistent or recurrent physical or psychological problems associated with the cannabis use. So Steve mentioned this, cannabis use is associated with physical problems and also psychological, emotional, mental health problems. And so, you know, just continuing to use it even though you know it's affecting you in a bad way. Number 10, tolerance. Um, so uh, tolerance is a need for markedly increased amounts of cannabis to achieve an intoxication or desired effect, a markedly diminished effect with continued use of the same amount of cannabis. So that's tolerance. And then finally, number 11, withdrawal, any kind of withdrawal symptoms. So I said, um, like I mentioned, a mild cannabis use disorder would be defined as two, up to, is two of these symptoms that I mentioned, only two, moderate, use disorder would be four or five of these symptoms, a severe cannabis use disorder would be six or more of these symptoms. So I think, you know, what's surprising to most people is just how low the bar is for to be considered a cannabis use disorder, only two of these symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I want to mention, everything I mentioned here is it's highly researched. Um, you know, cannabis use, as, as Steve mentioned, it, it's a mind-altering subject. It's a mind-altering substance, substance. It changes your brain chemistry. It changes who you are, the way you think. And it just causes a lot of problems. It doesn't take much of it to cause a lot of problems, which is why the bar is so low for a cannabis use disorder. It doesn't take much to, uh, to have a negative effect on you. Um, you know, that being said, um, you know, one can, from a mental health perspective, stay under the bar. You know, I mean, you can smoke marijuana and not have a cannabis use disorder, but it would need to be, you know, sort of highly controlled, occasional, 
uh, it's hard to imagine anyone smoking marijuana daily could could manage it well. Mm -hmm. it, it would have to be occasional and, and highly controlled. So appreciate you sharing that, bro. Thank you. All right. Um, so, what's an addiction? An addiction is a com uh, a compulsive substance use or behavior despite self harm or negative consequences. Um, that's an important. I stop there. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter six, verse twelve. And this is kind of what we've been talking about. Like, is this beneficial? We're we're looking at the risks associated with everything. Um, honestly, if you were going to tell me, if the whole church was like, next week we're going bungee jumping, we still would be having this midweek about the risks associated with bungee jumping, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, are you, are we really gonna, uh, you guys are going to do this. I'm staying on the ground. First uh, <laughs> Corinthians um, chapter 6, verse 12. Can I get someone to read that? Go for it, Lenny. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. This was a saying that the Corinthian church was using for Paul. And Paul was like, okay, even if we work with that principle, it cannot master me. Because if it masters me, then it's no longer beneficial. If it takes ownership of me, it's no longer beneficial. And I think it's really important that everything can include a lot of things. But whatever the thing is, it cannot master us. So engaging in activities, whether uh, food, drinking, or the like, once it becomes something that has taken ownership over us, it is no longer at that point beneficial. Like what um, some of the things that Lincoln was mentioning there. One test for whether something is good, according to Paul, is to ask, will this activity master me? Will this activity enslave me? You know, I think that's really important. Now, a lot of times we lack... Sobriety. Funny enough, we're talking about marijuana. We lack sobriety to know, but people around us can see when things have gone way too far. When it's like, this is like a thing for you. You know, it takes precedence over all things. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more, but again, we really want to stay on the subject of marijuana. That could be true of a lot of things, but we want to stay on the subject of marijuana. To be mastered by an activity or substance is to deny the Lordship of Christ. Why do I say that? That's such a strong statement. Why would I say something like that? Once whatever it is that's mastering us, it's hard for us to do anything that Jesus would desire of us. And at that point, if we will not do what Jesus desires of us, that thing has become Lord and Jesus is no longer Lord. And so, yes, if you desire, if your desire is um, for marijuana is great, you have to understand what is it doing? Is it, is it bringing harm to yourself or to others in order that you get this drug? And if it is, then that's signs of mastery. And that self-harm could be like little things to big things, like missing appointments, failing to keep your word, lying to cover up your marijuana use, refusing to commit to a job or a school, stealing um, money to feed your habit, eating your little brother's Twinkies without their permission. Spending money on pot that you didn't budget for or, or breaking your budget to have it. It could be any one of these things. It's at that point you're losing your integrity and you're doing different things just so you can feed this habit. And that's when you know something is mastering you. Again, you could insert a lot of things. If you do that with video games, you can insert a lot of different things. And so it's very important that we understand that we are not called to be mastered by anything. We are called to be followers of Jesus. So if any of these 
um, any of these behaviors are just meant to describe your behavior, then that means it's taking an important lordship role in your life, or if it describes the behaviors of others. Now, I mentioned, I, I'm, I have not talked too much about this because, biblically speaking, there's strong evidence that you can have a cup of wine or an alcoholic beverage, right? And anyone who's ever been high and drunk know that there's two differences between those two things, too. Um, one, one is really, well, both could be really crazy. Depends on what the high, you, what, where you're getting the high from, honestly. Um, but I do want to look at Proverbs 23, verse 29 to 35, and just kind of see what the lack of sobriety is here and why it's important. Proverbs 23, verses 29 and 35. Can I get someone to read that? When I get it on it here. Proverbs 23, 29 to 35. Bob? Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine. Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging, they hit me, he will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When, when will I wake up so I can find another dream? Now, for those who've ever had the experience of a bad high, I consider maybe it's a good high for certain people, bad high. That, that feels almost descriptive of the bad high. We just feel like, what happened? Where am I? What's going on? It's kind of like, like we talked earlier, lost track of time. You're like, what on earth? Your eyes are red sometimes. Uh... You know, and so it's really important that we understand the similarities between smoking and drinking. Really, the if there was anything that we can grapple with from the scriptures is the lack of having a sober mind, a mind that's able to do the will of God and to honor God. Addiction causes behaviors that are opposite of self-control. You know, the spirit gives us a spirit of self-control. Addiction causes behaviors that are opposite of self-control. Instead, the substance of behavior is exercising control over us. And that's not what we desire if we're going to follow Christ. In fact, we are called to take our bodies as living sacrifices to the living God. We are called to give it to him in Romans 12 the way he desires. We're going to get a little bit more practical. Are there any reasons to smoke pot recreationally other than getting high? You know, the answer to that question, if you're just doing a recreation, you want to get high. Like, it is disappointing if you smoke recreationally and you didn't get high. You're like... What just happened? I've been in situations like that where I had friends like, this thing did not get me high. What's going on here? Like, that is really the desire. Microdosing. Any of you familiar with microdosing? It, it, it's like to take a little puff. Like, you're not trying to get like, but you just want to kind of get the good. Um, both of those situations, still, your mind is not 100% sober anymore. You're altered. Now, I know some of you who may be pro, pro, pro marijuana are yelling in your head right now. Coffee, 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 coffee. You're yelling that in your head right now because you're like, he better, if he's going to tell everyone to stop smoking marijuana, you better get all the Dunkin' Donuts cup out of here tomorrow. <laughs> I know you're yelling that, but wait, there's more. T 
THC diminishes a person's ability to honor Christ in your thinking and behavior. I, I, I think that's the overall witness, personal witness, as well as scientific witness. It diminishes it. There are very few, like, um, I love the community I grew up in. Do you guys know who Jay-Z the rapper is? Okay. Jay-Z, he's married to Beyonce. Um, now, nah, hopefully that rings a bell. If that doesn't ring a bell, then I don't know what else to tell you, right? So Jay-Z dropped out of high school, right? And he has since gone on to be super successful and have done incredible things, right? A lot of times we take that one exception and say, hey, look, Jay-Z dropped out of high school and look how it turned out for him. There are more people who dropped out of high school it did not turn out for them the way it did for Jay-Z. Yes. That's, that's true. A lot of times we think, hey, it seems like Snoop Dogg smokes every single day and look how it turned out for him. Why can't I smoke every day? Nine times out of ten, you're not going to end up like Snoop Dogg. He, if he is highly functional, I don't know him on a personal level, but if he is highly functional, he is at the lower percentile of the people who could smoke and be functional. The vast majority of people who, if you pick up the same habit as Snoop Dogg, your life is going to be far worse. And so please don't make decisions based off of the outliers. Like if this was a high school room, I would say don't drop out because Jay-Z made it. You could probably do both maybe, but don't drop out. And I think he has since gone in and gotten his education. You never thought you would come to a church service and hear Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Snoop Dogg in the same sermon, right? But you just did. The only person I didn't throw in there is Wiz Khalifa, but I just did. So <laughs> now we covered the range of all people who are known for smoking. Not Beyonce. She's not known. I don't want to slander her. All right. Uh, so t- where am I? So will THC enhance my ability to commune with God? You know, a lot of people who smoke, they're like, yo, when I get high, man, I'm connecting with God. Like I'm really connecting with God. There, there are so many songs about getting high and having spiritual experiences. I know a handful of disciples who got high and decided to seek God. So I'm grateful that the high led them to Jesus, but that was the starting point. And almost 90% of the time, it's in the book of Revelation. So like, yo, I was high. I started reading Revelation. Then I get the text message. Yo, do you think I'm lost? And you're like, I don't know, bro. Let's sit down and have a Bible study. Like 90% of the time, I could think of two people that's happened to with Revelation in particular. Most people, and most of the time when, when you're smoking, um, it really, it, it can clear your mind. It can kind of alleviate the different things that are causing you stress. But is that what the Bible teaches about communing with God and meditating with God? Let's go to Psalm chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1, the first psalm. It's not really the chapter, but whatever. Verse 2. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. The meditation that scripture calls us to is to fill our minds with God's word, to fill our minds with the thing of Christ. Paul in Colossians says, keep your mind on things above. Like our minds are supposed to be 
infiltrated by the wave and the patterns of the kingdom of God. And the high is to empty the mind. So those two are incompatible. That's not to say that God still can't use whatever means to make himself known. He spoke through a donkey, he spoke through a bush, and he accomplished great things through both of those things. However, the goal is, if you're trying to get a Christian meditation on, is to fill your head with the words of God. And that word meditate is to murmur, murmur over and over and over and mutter and mutter to yourselves. And so most mind-altering drugs, THC being one of them, prevents that ability from happening in a real meaningful way. Okay, questions to consider. Now, you're going to look at this and, again, you're going to probably think coffee, movies, all this other stuff. If for whatever reason you put in those categories and it's, if it's true for you or true for someone you know, then maybe you should have a talk with them. Maybe you should say, hey, am I fully persuaded that this activity is right? There's a lot of people who may potentially want to smoke, but they don't know if it's right or not. Scriptures talk about if it's not done in faith, it's done in sin. So if you're not sure if it's right, then don't do it. Don't do it. If you're like, I want to make sure it's right, then do research, study. We could talk. We could have a cup of coffee with no um, CBD in it. And we're, <laughs> we're going to have coffee and everything else, and we can work through it. Can I practice this activity for the Lord? Will, will whatever activity I'm engaged in, can I glorify God with it? Again, there are certain things that are very clear, certain things that are not so clear. Like, can I go to a rated R movie with, like, some of the most grotesque sex scenes and violent images to the glory of God if I'm studying the Bible with someone? 90% of the people, I cannot. There's a 10% who heart is as hard, it wouldn't even hurt them. But there's a large portion of people my witness would be harmed. Same thing with um, smoking potentially. Can I engage in this activity without being a stumbling block to my brothers and sisters in Christ? That's very important. Does this activity promote righteousness, peace, and joy? I know some people are like, maybe joy, right? Maybe, <laughs> maybe smoking will bring joy. Peace and righteousness are important. Does this activity edify others? Does smoking turn you into the most altruistic, self-giving love person, or does it produce a selfishness in you? Is this practice profitable? Like, will God be glorified, not making money, but will God be glorified in this endeavor? Does this activity enslave me? Like, whenever I decide that I don't want to do it or when it's become a challenge, can I easily give it up? Does this activity bring God glory? Well, people walk away and be like, man, the way you were smoking, God was totally honored by that. <laughs> like, you smoke like the son of the living God. <laughs> like, will they say that? Maybe they won't. I mean, but we've seen activities where a husband and wife go on a date and they just, something stood out. And you're like, wow, I see something here amazing. Or we've seen people practice forgiveness. And is the Holy Spirit guiding me into this activity? Like, do you feel like the spirit of the living God is calling you to smoke and get high? Now, again, some of you are thinking, what about this? What about that? Put it all in there. So if you're like, is watching football producing? If it's not producing these things, then I encourage you, let it go. Let it go. If you're concerned it's not doing something for someone else, I encourage you to have the conversation with them in love. Kingdom orientation. We want to have a kingdom mindset about everything we started. What, what does it mean to be a Christian, to follow Jesus? You know, the laws of the land have said this is okay now. America, Portland at least, says it's okay. You can smoke, you're not going to get arrested, it's okay. And God has gifted the world with government. 
Government is a gift from God, even if it may not feel that way for certain people. It is a gift from God. But that does not mean that the government, the authority that God has given them means that they're infallible. They're not. Government can get it wrong, and history has shown has gotten it wrong sometimes. Now, we are called to honor the government, but the government does not get any lordship over the disciples of Jesus insofar as it contradicts what our values and the values of the kingdom. So if the government says, Steve, kill your wife, I say, no, Jesus is Lord. She will not be harmed by me. You would have to harm us because Jesus is Lord, regardless of what the government says. So if the government says you can smoke, that does not mean you have to do what the government says. Now, the government is permitting it. The government is enforcing anyone to smoke as of today. <laughs> they start knocking on our doors. You better smoke. You're like, bring it on, man. I'm ready. In a negative and in a positive way. Uh, Genesis 1. We want to have a kingdom orientation about this. So the government does not get the final say. Genesis 1. Everything in the world was created good. Cannabis was created. It's good. Now you guys are like, Steve, where are you going with this? You gave all the side effects. Now cannabis is good. You're trying to pull a fast one on us. Just because something is good doesn't mean we don't abuse it. Doesn't, know, doesn't mean we don't misuse it at times either. And we're going to talk about medical marijuana and how that has been helpful for some people. But I just want us to understand that nothing about the, the weed or the marijuana plant or the cannabis plant is inherently evil. Nothing about the plant itself. And again, people have used it to help people who are dealing with um, pain. Primarily what I want to talk about is addiction, misuse, and potential intoxication. That's not good. And God has not called us to that. Medical marijuana. I mentioned earlier um, CBD, and I didn't get into CBD as much. But before I get into CBD, I do want to mention that as of 2021, and Sebastian, you could correct me because you work in the medical field, so this could be new information that we're going to get here live today. As of 2021, a doctor cannot officially prescribe medical marijuana. They can recommend it. They can say, hey, you should probably go smoke or something like that. But they can't say, hey, I'm going to write this. Now go get this nickel bag. Would they even call it a nickel bag? As <laughs> or, or a dime bag. I don't know what they'll call it. You could go to Walgreens or Walmart and go pick up this prescription. And here's the white paper. You light it up and you to the glory of man. Is that still the case? Okay, praise God. You see, 2021 hasn't changed too much from 2022. Um, and that's really important that even when someone says a doctor prescribed me this, they really mean recommend it. No doctor as of today can say, here, go buy a joint and you go get it from Walgreens or Walmart or wherever else they may sell those things. They don't sell them there as of today. But C CBD is different. CBD is, um, it doesn't give you the high. So... A lot of people do use CBD for, um, to reduce stress. Um, it, 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 it has shown um, to some extent it can help with childhood epilepsy, some extent. Um, it has also shown that it can reduce anxiety. It can reduce chronic pain. And there's a whole host of other things. Now, how is CBD used? It can be used in oils, extracts, capsules, patches, vapes, and um, tropical preparation for um, use on the skin. And so a lot of times when we're talking about medical marijuana, they're talking about CBD and how that's helpful and how that's doing different things for them. Now, here's what I'll say. 
I think if you are, we believe in a Jesus who heals the body. And some of us believe that Jesus could still heal through um, things like prayer. I'm for the healing of the whole person. Whatever you may need to get healed. But I also think it's very important as Christians that we understand that the goal of our discipleship is not to avoid suffering, but it's to glorify Jesus. And so Jesus, in his road to Emmaus, on, on his road to the cross, he suffered. A big part of the scriptures talk about in Romans 5, suffering. That produces a character. Now, this is very tough, and it's a unique situation that I would encourage you, A, to talk to your physician, B, talk to a family, C, talk to the community believers. If you're going to take any prescription, as we know, a lot of these things to relieve suffering can be very addictive and very harm, harmful long term. And so I don't say that to say you can't do it. But I will say there's certain things you got to wait. Like for me, as of today and probably as of tomorrow as well in the next foreseeable year, I'm not smoking weed when I get a, mar um, when I get a migraine. That's not what I'm going to do. If I'm going to have a challenge in migraine, then I'm going to have a challenge in migraine. And that's just what the day is going to be. But I, I just want to encourage you guys if I, I, I can only imagine what chronic pain would feel like. And I want to be sympathetic to that. But again, I just want you to understand that. Just because you can take something doesn't mean it's the right thing for you to take. Get advice from your physician and everything else. Um, okay, caffeine. Caffeine, what about caffeine? We wanna, how many of you wanna outlaw caffeine in America? You know, you're like, if you outlaw caffeine in America, man, you probably have a dangerous world, man. People are just sleeping at the will. Okay, so caffeine and marijuana are, uh, uh, to. On one level, I could see why people would argue for the similarities in the sense of they both are mind altering. Like caffeine produces something, it's a stimulant, it gets your mind going, it gets your, your heart going, you kind of become more alert. I, um, Connor and I were over Fred's place yesterday, but he's like, there is a situation where taking caffeine, you can potentially, if we go back to the other slide, glorify God. You could potentially do it. How? If you have a kid that has not gone to sleep the whole night and you don't have any sleep and you're at your last leg and you know, you're just feeling like, I don't know. And then you get caffeine and some sobriety returns to you. You're like, okay, I love this kid. And they're just having a hard time sleeping. You could glorify God. You could get into a Bible study. Maybe this person is only available 11 PM and they really want to study and whatever. You could take a cup of caffeine and you could potentially be in a Bible study now. You could be a little bit more alert to share God's word. Seldomly is that the case with marijuana. Seldomly. I, I, I use seldom, but I can't think of one example where it is. I just use seldom just for the person who's like, I know that one person who when they got high, they shared with a thousand people. You'd be like, amen. Amen, they're out there. Praise God that they did that to the glory of God. Um, so... Caffeine psycho, um, psychoactive effects are not debilitating. Through its biomedical interaction with the human brain, it blocks sleep-inducing action caused by natural chemicals and therefore speeds up nerve activity. It causes people to feel alert and energetic. Caffeine use contrasts with marijuana, which typically leads to weakened engagement, less clear thinking, and distorted view of reality. Now, caffeine abuse is possible. I would, if I were with anyone, if you were like, yo, I do like six large venti cups of Starbucks every day. Silently, I'll pray for you. Publicly, I'm like, what's going on? 
Like, why can't you sleep? <laughs> like, what's, what do you have to stay awake for so long? At some point, quit. I don't know what it is. Like, you just got to stop whatever it is you're doing. I think caffeine can be abused and it has been abused. And I think we need to be able to have enough love and courage to talk to our brothers and sisters who you're like, I just saw you clear that large 24-ounce coffee and this is the second one. What is going on? And I would say the same thing if I was living with you and we just watched one of those brand new three-hour movies. Like, the movies now are way too long. You guys don't think so? They're like a commitment. They're like a part-time job. Like, oh, I want to go see Batman. Three hours and 30 minutes. You're like, no way, man. Like, I can watch this in chunks now. Um, But if you watched Batman and then you're like, oh, I also want to watch the uncut, um, Justice League, which is another three hours. I would say four hours. I would say, brother, you just gave a full-time job to this movie stuff. Like, they paid you nothing. You lost a lot, and you paid, You got paid nothing, and we both knew how the plot was going to end. The good guy wins. They always win. But I say that to say, if someone were abusing TV, video games like that, I would say something. You should say something. Don't use the what about ism to prevent you from saying something, like, or to prevent you from doing whatever it is. So he's like, hey, he can't tell me nothing. He's smoking, so I'm gonna watch TV for seven hours. Your standard is Jesus and not what the other person is doing. Right. You redirect your attention to what Jesus is calling us to and we imitate Christ. Amen. Caffeine. Okay, communal life. Now, how, how does this connect to us as a church and as a larger body? Well, it's complex. And like everything else in the scriptures is so complex. We have to be really wise, really mindful. And, you know, as my, my role is to serve God's people, you guys. But it's also to protect God's people, you guys. Nine times out of ten, I want to protect you from things out there that would seek to harm you spiritually. Sometimes the thing that would seek to harm you spiritually could be present in the room. And it's my call, my job to make sure I'm protecting God's people in those situations. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 12. First Corinthians chapter five, verses six through 12. Your boasting is not good. So a little bit of context. Uh, brother was sleeping with his dad's wife. And the church, I suspect, was trying to mentor him through that situation, but they were doing it very gently. And Paul gets the report that, okay, there's no mentoring this situation gently. Like even the non-Christians don't do this kind of stuff. Like this person needs to leave the fellowship. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6 Your boasting is not good Don't you know that a little yeast Leavens the whole batch of dough Get rid of the old yeast So that you may be a new unleavened batch As you really are For Christ our Passover lamb Has been sacrificed Therefore let us keep the festival Not with the old leavened bread With malice and wickedness But with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with the sexually immoral people. Not, not at all meaning the people of the world who are immoral or greedy and swindlers and idlers. In that case, you would have to leave the world. 
but I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy or an idler, slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler. Don't even eat with such people. Now, here's one thing that's very important. Sometimes we see lists and we think this is Paul's exhaustive, exhaustive list of everything that should be this fellowship. What is Paul trying to get at at the heart of most of these passages? What is causing this um, um, friction in the fellowship? Causing challenges in the fellowship? And what is causing the overall witness of the church to be harmed? Because he's like, not even pagans do these things. Okay, we've been talking about marijuana. Like the same thing with drinking, the same thing with a lot of other substance abuse. If you clearly know someone has a challenge in this area and they're trying to overcome it and you tempt them, that's no bueno. That's not love. That's not righteous. And that kind of behavior will not honor God. And we will have to respond in a way to protect the brother or sister you're trying to harm with your um, behavior and, and kind of abusing your freedom in Christ. That's very important that we understand that. And so I would make that decision with much prayer, with much love, and with much trembling to make sure we protect the people of God. We're not going to have a situation where we're causing other people's faith to be harmed. And that, again, I'm only giving the whataboutisms because I know our minds go to the whataboutism. If there was someone in here who was showing pornography to people, I would have the same reaction and the same zeal to fix the situation and bring honor and glory to God. Same about any other potential def- um, crime. <laughs> if you're over here selling drugs to the saints, <laughs> that would ruin my week, man. If, you saw, if, I, if we were here selling drugs to the saints... Someone else is going to preach that week because I'm just going to be praying for everyone in deep fasting because it's like that's that's a huge fall from the glory of God. But praise God that I have not yet been in that situation. Um, so summary conclusion. What In the Bible, why does the book of Proverbs exist when Deuteronomy exists? Deuteronomy maps out completely what you can do, what you can't do. And then the Holy Spirit in his wisdom gave us the book of Proverbs. Like there's a lot of things you can do that you shouldn't do. But they're like, hey, if you want to go ahead and do it, reap, reap the potential consequences of it. The book of Proverbs is filled with a whole bunch of maxims that nine times out of ten it works itself out this way. And then the 1% it may not work. After much study and prayer, I, I want to encourage everyone, smoking weed is unwise. It is not wise and it, is, it will harm you potentially. And it can lead to a whole bunch of other sins. It is not wise for you to engage in this activity. If for whatever reason that activity starts to spill over and impact other people, we want to make sure that we're wise and we're loving. We're trying to help the person trapped in the situation, but we want to protect God's people in this situation as well. Smoking recreationally, so far as I understand Jesus, is unchristlike. But again, the what about isms, so is watching super sketchy movies. That's unchristlike too. The goal is to be like Christ. We don't just want to be people who follow the letter of the law. We want to follow the spirit of the law. And the spirit of the law leads us to become more and more like Jesus. That's the goal of what we're seeking. That's why we said Jesus Lord. We said Jesus Lord because we wanted to be like Jesus. So how, how do we deal with this in a communal life sense? We want to make sure that the person who may be smoking or may be experiencing challenges, that they feel love, 
they feel supported they, they they feel like they're getting the love that they need but we also want to be mindful of the other believers that this could potentially harm and and we we make those decisions wisely and our, the overall witness we live in a world that you can't control what everyone thinks they're gonna think whatever it is they're gonna think but sometimes we can make it a lot harder for them to think that we're potentially righteous and so we want to make sure our witness is effective like if I wore a shirt that said an explicitive about God and I said hey I'm actually a minister how many of you would believe it you'd be like oh that shirt ruins your witness bro you're like no but you don't know my heart I know what you're wearing and the same thing with certain behaviors we have to be mindful of that to the never smokers you're never going to smoke. You woke up this morning hating the smell of smoke, hating the smell of evil in the morning. You think weed is evil and all the other stuff. To my never smokers. Do not be quick to judge. Do not be quick to judge. Ask questions. Understand why they're choosing. If a brother or sister is choosing to smoke, ask them why they're choosing to do that. And if you're, if you're concerned, start praying for them. Ask their permission to get help for them. Just be wise, be loving, be humble. You are not better than anyone. You are saved by the grace of God, regardless of your behavior. To my brothers and sisters who are in the middle, maybe you came from a, back, a background where you used to smoke and this conversation, now you're like, oh man, I think there's kind of an opening. Maybe I could get back into it. It could potentially help me. I want to encourage you, instead of choosing that, Get open about the things that may want make you want to smoke. Maybe you're experiencing anxiety. Maybe you're starting to get about a depression. Maybe life has just gotten more challenging. Then get open about that. Get open with professionals. Get open with brothers and sisters so we could talk about it. But you don't have to choose this. There's so many different things. Exercise it. Exercise, man. You start pumping some iron, you'll be good. Now, don't go into bodybuilder mode because that's addictive too and that could be a challenge. But start pumping some iron, you'll be good. But seriously, I want to say we want to be here for you. If you're curious and you're like, man, I think I do because in the past, before I became a Christian, it was helpful. There's so many better ways. And I want to encourage the better ways. And for those who are presently smoking, especially those who are doing it for ease and anxiety, um, to ease their anxiety and their stress levels, we want to pray for you. If you feel like, man, I got to hide this part about me. You should be mindful who you tell. You really got to know the background of people because it can be a potential stumbling block. But there's those of us you probably could tell from a mile away who are not tempted to smoke. Get open with them and share with them what's been going on, why you're choosing to do this activity right now in this season of your life. Be willing to allow, to trust, and allow the Holy Spirit to work and potentially move you to something else that could produce the peace and the shalom of God that you're seeking. Again, we don't want you to experience any consequence in this life. We want to help you, and we really want to be here as a family. I also want to leave more space for conversation as well. So if you disagreed with me, maybe some things I said made you stumble, I welcome that. Um, you could talk to me, not over coffee, but over water. Um, I understand today water is still good in the Lord. But any questions or anything you need clarity on? We got some medical folks here, so that's super helpful. Um, Rinaldi. Um, yeah, I, I, when I was in Boston, I was helping in campus, and there was a young man that, you know, 
his friend was a kingdom kid and brought him to Bible talk. He studied the Bible, became a Christian, and he was one of those people that was moving away from that lifestyle that you, you just mentioned. And over the course of like a year and a half, his personality changed because he was like getting a lot of support to like, you know, live away from that lifestyle. So he went from being very listless and emotionless to like very expressive and Amen. emotional. And I was wondering if is that common with young people or because I feel like every young piece of person I've come across that is doing that activity, they're very it's kind of like that stereotype. They're just kind of like not expressive or not emotional. They're kind of just like, yeah. But I don't know if that's a common thing or if that's like, 